Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. Well, good morning. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. I've got special reason I'm glad to be here because it's been a little bit. But I am glad to see you this morning. Let me say a couple things real quick before we get into his word. Um, I am very thankful that as a church you understand that even the preacher needs time off. Um, and it's been a uh, refreshing month for me uh, mentally, spiritually, also physically. Uh, so I'm not moving around as much as I probably normally do, but uh, I had uh, surgery on my shoulder a couple, about a week ago, and so I'm still trying to recover from that. You don't know how bad you want to lift your hands until you can't, <clears throat> so don't take that for granted, uh, and I encourage you to, to take that opportunity. I am thankful for the voices that you were able to hear while I was gone. Now, I recognize that in, in that, uh, we all have preferences. Um, but one of the lessons that I think is maybe the most valuable lesson of our Voices series each June is this. We have to learn how to hear the voice regardless of the voice on the microphone. Uh, I have people that when they speak, I can almost instantly hear the voice of God. There are other people that I listen to that it takes me a little bit and I have to push past my personal preference. But that is a sign of maturity that you can push past a voice to hear the voice. And I want to make sure that as part of passion, you learn to, to tune in. The Bible says that the sheep know his voice. I want you to know his voice. I don't even want you to get, uh, some of you have a preference. We were talking this morning uh, that you like my, to hear my voice, not, not my voice voice, but when the way I bring a message. But the truth is I don't want you to get locked up in me because what happens if he silences my voice as long as you can hear his voice and so I just want to uh, challenge you each time and I will continue to stretch you in that manner I think it's healthy for us uh, the other thing I want to say to you this morning is I'm really excited about the word that God uh, has for us today two things happen because of June that you need to know about uh, the first one is all my preacher friends are laughing uh, at you even though you, they're not here to see because they recognize that when a preacher hasn't had a microphone in five weeks, the tendency is, I, in fact, I got a text this morning said, you're going to preach for two hours. Ah, uh, so I'm going to do my best not to do that, but that is a tendency. Um, so the other tendency is this. I don't know if I inherited this from my mom or my dad. I think maybe my mom, but uh, the less I use my voice, the weaker it gets. I don't understand what that's about, but the more I preach, the stronger it gets. So there could be a moment in this message today where I l actually lose my voice, and we're going to push past it, uh, but it's just part of building that thing up, so you'll just have to bear with me. The other thing that I just want to mention as we, Catherine, you're good, thank you, I'm wearing you out, I'm sorry, um, but I do sound so much more spiritual when you're playing, um, so uh, I always appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> the other thing about July that I just want to mention to you is this. Um, we are very aware and trying to become more aware that God has positioned us here to uh, share the gospel. That's, if, if this church is not about sharing the gospel and seeing people birthed into the kingdom, then there's no reason to have church. 
because if it's just about you coming to get your, your blessing and your praise on and all that, then it's, it's daycare for Christians. And I'm not interested in that. I, I'm interested in seeing people get saved. Uh, because we should want people to have what we have. And so each month, we try to be very aware of that. We tend to have a good number of visitors during each month. But in July, um, because it is a summer month, it's not that we won't have visitors. I think we have some here today. But we want to pay special attention to the fact that in July, we talk as a family. This is a month where uh, it's about us and we just talk as a family. So this, over the course of the next, uh, today and the next three weeks, I want to share a, a, a series with you that I think is the most, maybe, perhaps could be one of the most crucial series that we do all year. And so I want you to, to plug in. If you've got to miss a Sunday, because some of you will still, in fact, we've got people traveling today. I recognize that. I want to challenge you to go back and listen. If you miss, go back and listen to what we've covered, because it will help us mature as a body. And we need this in today. So there's a question that I need to ask you this morning as we get started. And here it is, doesn't matter what, whether you're male or female, same question. I, I know it feels weird if, if you're a woman in the house, but let me just ask you a question. Are you mad, bro? You mad, bro? I actually went and looked that phrase up because it's, a, it's an urban phrase that has kind of taken over uh, our, 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 our um, um, society and, and it's used a good bit. And I went and looked it up to see what it is and I, and I thought I understood what it meant. But, but go look it up. It's interesting. What it is is if you know somebody's mad, you ask them. It's, it's like you already know the answer, but you ask them anyway and you ask it with a little, with a little uh, saltiness on the end of it so that if they're mad, it makes them matter. Uh, I, I just got, I got to ask you, are you mad, bro? Because what I've discovered as I, as I started thinking about what we need to deal with as a family as, in our society is it seems like everybody's mad. I, I, I don't know what that's about, but it just seems like to me that, that we become a world of offended people. Everybody's offended. Somebody's offended. Okay, I, I've been gone, but I haven't been gone that long. Y'all going to have to help me this morning. It's like everybody is mad at somebody or about something. In fact, in 2014, there was a website uh, called Slate.com, and they declared 2014 as the year of outrage. And so on their website, they posted an uh, interactive calendar that you could click on on any day and it would show you on that day what everybody was mad about. We have become a generation of people that seem to be outraged all the time. Every single day, it seems like there's a new offense, a new anger. Somebody posts something somewhere that ticks us off. We're mad. Everybody's mad. Everybody's demanding apologies. I, I don't like your stance. I, I'm offended by you. I need you to apologize. It, we have become professionals at being mad. There, there's certainly a place for anger. We'll talk about that. There's a place for being offended. We'll talk about that as we go through uh, this series. But I want to start with the fact that it seems like in our day and age, everybody is so much more easily offended. Um, I, in fact, I believe, I'm going to make a statement that's going to offend somebody, but that's okay. Uh, you'll get over it. Uh, put your big boy pants on. All right, here it is. I believe that we live in the most offended generation that has ever walked the planet. Now, the older folks are clapping because they think I'm just talking about the teenagers and those that are younger. But the truth is, is 
most of us are very offended as well. Uh, and it's like we're, we're surrounded by every... Doesn't it seem like every day somebody's demanding someone to apologize? Yeah. Like, like, for instance, there are legitimate ones and then there's the ridiculous ones. Okay, here's a ridiculous one I came across. There was an instance not too long ago, uh, Paul, I guess it's been a little while ago because Paul Harvey's dead and gone now, but on his show one time, he talked about a young man that literally sued his parents. You're not going to believe this. Because he was so ugly. <laughs> he was offended that his mother and his father could not produce a handsome offspring. And he literally sued his parents because he was offended. So what's the deal? Why are we so mad? Uh, have we just become soft? I, I mean, I, I, I heard the yes. I, I would agree. I, I, and, but I think there's some other reasons. I'm going to tell you some of the reasons why. But, but, but uh, are we just like... A generation of cupcakes and snowflakes and, and we're in our feelings so much that we just, we, we are constantly offended. Are we just that soft? And the answer is probably yes, but I think there's more to it than that. Um, I, maybe we just can't handle our feelings being hurt. Like I'm special. Y'all know I'm special and y'all can't hurt my feelings, Right? Uh, or maybe, maybe, there, maybe there's some legitimacy about some of it. Maybe I just want everybody to get along. Maybe I really want, maybe there's a sincere desire in my heart to have everybody to, to uh, whether it's reasonable or not, I want everybody to agree and I want everybody to treat everybody with respect and I don't want there to be any contention, no strife, no offense. Maybe it's legitimate, but for some reason we seem to get, get, get angry. And, and so, so what I want to do is uh, we're going to talk about some of that in, in, in the weeks to come and how to handle it and what we should do. And it won't be what you think because some of you are already trying to jump ahead of me because you know the passages scripture about how we're supposed to handle offense with one another. We're going to go a little bit different direction because you're beyond, most of you are, are, are uh, educated beyond your obedience. You know you're supposed to go deal with the offense, you just don't do it. Okay, but so, so I'm not going to rehash that because we know we're supposed to do it, we just disobey. So we're going to deal with in some other areas that we need to do. But this morning what I want to do is I just want to deal with some basics about offense. If we are going to survive in this day and age, and if we are going to effectively communicate and share the gospel, and if we are going to effectively deal with one another, then we have to know some things about developing and how to develop an offense-defense. So let me share some things. The first one I want you to understand is this. Offense is not optional. Okay, let's just get that right out of the bag, right off the jump. Let's just make sure we're all understanding that it is not optional. You will be offended. Amen. I can prove it to you. Luke chapter 17, verse 1. Listen to what Jesus tells his disciples. Okay, so Jesus is talking to his literal disciples, but we also recognize that now that we follow Jesus, we are also his disciples. So if he was telling them this, he must be telling us this. He says... Then he said unto his disciples, here it is, it is impossible, but that offenses will come. Not might, not maybe, not just on a bad day. It, he says it is impossible, but that offenses will come. Then he goes on and he says, but woe unto him through whom they come. So first off, offenses will come. It is inevitable, it is impossible that they will not come. So therefore, we should not be shocked by the fact that there are people out there and people in here, I'll prove that in a minute, that will offend us. 
Yeah. Uh, see, I, my concern for us is that we really do think, even though Jesus said it's impossible not to deal with offenses, it's almost like Jesus said it, we just don't believe it. So we, it's like we go through life out there and life in here and we act like we're totally shocked and surprised when somebody says something, posts something, does something that offends us and then we fall apart. And I think our, our, our immaturity in believing that we can live an unoffended life has caused us to be unprepared and therefore when somebody actually says something we don't like, does something we don't like, then we freak out and we fall apart. And Jesus said that, it, that he makes it a point to tell the disciples that they are going to be offended. So why should we expect anything less? In fact, I want you to notice something in that same verse of Scripture. I want you to notice that Jesus says offenses, plural, will come. This is not a one and done. Somebody will make me mad one time and then I'll be able to go through a life and nobody else will talk bad about me. Nobody will post anything stupid online. Nobody will say anything in passing that I wasn't supposed to hear. Nobody will treat me wrong. Nobody will sit in my chair. Nobody will be too loud. Nobody will be too mean. Everybody will, if I just get offended one time, then I've done my duty and I'll never be offended again. Jesus says that it is offenses. It's plural. Constant opportunities to be offended. It isn't going to be one and done. So basically what I want you to understand that is that we must mature to the place that we recognize if Jesus said offenses will come, then it is our obligation and our responsibility and our duty to mature enough to handle it when offenses come. Now I also want you to notice that Jesus didn't give the person that was offending a free pass. I do want you to recognize that. He says, he says that woe unto him through whom offenses come. So, so it's not like he's giving the person that's offensive all the time a free pass. They need to grow up too. But he's saying to us, we should be mature enough to recognize that if you live life long enough, somebody's going to mess with your Wheaties. There's another way to say that that I can't say it right now uh, because I would offend my mom. And, 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 or somebody else. And so somebody's going to... It's inevitable, y'all. Grow up to recognize. This is family talk. I told you this is family talk. Grow stinking up and recognize that your pastor will probably say something at some moment that will tick you off and make you want to quit. And like, in fact, I, I'm pretty good at that most of the time. But not just me, you as you interact with one another. As a body of Christ, there are the moments that you will interact and you will offend. He didn't smile at me. She didn't shake my hand. She was mean to me. She was short with me. Grow up and get over it. Recognize that you are, it's inevitable somebody's going to offend you. When you walk out these doors, you need to understand that people will offend you. We need to grow up. So, so I just don't want you to be offended that you're offended. I, I literally heard somebody say some, one time, I'm offended that I'm offended. I'm like, what? Maturity is understanding that Jesus was right. We will have opportunity to be offended. Here's the second truth I want to share with you because this is the crux of the matter for us this morning. And that is this. Is just, be, just because traps aren't optional being, doesn't mean being trapped is optional. Can I say that again? Traps aren't optional. Being trapped is. Okay, so let me illustrate with one hand. And Lord, please... 
Jesus, please help me. All right, so, so I'm going to show you. The, uh, the Greek word for offense, the Greek word for offense that Jesus uses is scandalon. It's where we get our English word scandal. The literal definition of the word is it that it is talking about a trap, but it's talking about this part of the trap, the part of the trap you put the bait on. It's the trigger. So literally what he's saying is that the enemy will come, uh, people will come, and they will put scandal on, scandals, offense in your way, and it will be the part that's baited to trap you. Okay. Get it. Lord Jesus. I know. <laughs> I need angels right now. I'm making them work overtime because this joker is vicious. All right. I'm going to need a volunteer that's brave. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> All right. So literally what he's saying is that that piece right there is, which is a fence. It's the trigger of the trap. It is used to get you in position to trap you. So the reason that the enemy or people are used by the enemy to to come into your life and they, they, they say something, they act a certain way, and, and they... They, they put an offense out there is the enemy wants to use it. It's just a trigger to trap you. It's literally to cause you to lose your joy, to lose your, your, your peace, to lose your comfort. So, so offense is nothing but a trap that entangles us to destroy us. That's literally what offense does. Okay, so <laughs> the challenge is, is that Jesus says we will all come into contact with the triggers. Every one of us, we're never going to be able to live life and live unless you're just going to live in your room, don't log on to the internet, don't pick up your phone, don't talk to a living soul. You're going to stay there from the time you're born until you die and go, go on to your heavenly reward. Then maybe you could do this. But the rest of us, we have no option. There are traps every day. Every day I am presented with a trap, a trigger. But just because there's a trap doesn't mean I have to be trapped. Jesus says that offenses are inevitable. But he does not say that we have to be trapped by them. In fact, what I, what I want you to hear this morning is that, that I, can, I can be all around this trap. Jesus help me. But uh, until I touch the trigger, I'm okay. Until I fall for the bait. I'm, okay, so what, what are you saying, Steve? I'm saying uh, that 2 Corinthians, Paul comes in and he's speaking to the, the church at Corinth and they're dealing with offenses. They're, they're mad at one another. They're, they're fighting in the church. Believe it or not, it's like World War III. They're, they're slugging it out. They're all mad. And he says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11. He says, a further reason, listen to this, he's dealing with offense, a further reason for forgiveness is to keep from being outsmarted by Satan. Wait a minute. If, if he wants, if, if I operate in forgiveness, it allows me to outsmart Satan. That must mean then that if, if I don't operate in forgiveness, then I'm playing into his hands. He goes on and he says this. He says, for we know what he's trying to do. What he's, what's he trying to do? He's trying to trap us. 
Some of y'all can't even worship on Sunday morning because you're trapped when you get here. You fell for the trap. See, see, just because offense is there doesn't mean I have to be trapped. I, listen, every day of your little life, you're going to get an opportunity to deal with offense. Here's my, here's my, here's my challenge. Here's, here's what I wanted to say. I've, I've been waiting for five weeks to say this to somebody. Just somebody, listen to me. Just because they're acting like an idiot. Just because they're saying things they shouldn't say. Just because they aren't doing what they should do and operate the way they should operate doesn't mean I have to fall for the trap. Why is it that we treat offense... This is the illustration I came up with. Why is it we treat offense like a, a, a minefield and, and we're walking through life and we see a, a sign that says there are mines, danger, there are mines... And when we see the sign, it's almost like we go, well, if they went through the trouble of spreading minds out there, and like it took them weeks, then, then I must have some obligation on my part that if they put those out there, then I have to walk into the field and see if I can miss the mines. Why? Why would we... I, listen, I was in Israel, my first trip to Israel, uh, there was this guy from Mongolia that barely spoke English that was on our trip, and we were marching up this mountain, and there was a, all, the, all the smart folks were on the path because there was a sign that said minefield. He went and walked through the minefield. I'm like, dude! Why, why do we... But that, that's exactly what many of us do, is that somebody offends us, it's a trigger... We know it's going to trap us, and we'll do this. We'll dance all around it. Hey, tell me what offended you. What did pastor say to you that made you mad? I'm just dancing around the trigger. Let, let, me, let me hear about your offense. What, what did so-and-so, did they look at you wrong? What did they do? And it's like we're playing around just to see how close we can get, knowing that if we, if we catch the... How many of you know that a shared offense is the worst kind of offense because it's the hardest one to get over? But we'll just dance, and then our own offenses, man. We put our feelings on our sleeves, and we dance around it. And I don't, I, don't talk to me today. I haven't had my coffee, and, and, and you better not look at me cross-eyed. And I want my rights and my preferences, because everybody gets a trophy for participating. So now we can't distinguish between our rights and our preferences. And so now I'm just going to dance around this, and then boom. And all of a sudden, we're hurt. And nobody can tell us anything, and, my, and, I, and I can't worship, and I can't get along, I can't speak to you civilly, and I can't post nice posts about anybody because I'm mad at the world. And we're trapped. Listen, Paul says that we should not be ignorant. That's another version of the devil's schemes. This is all his scheme. Ignorance is not bliss, it's bondage. If you don't recognize that the enemy in this day and age is using the tactic of offense and you will allow yourself to be trapped by a trigger of offense, it will cause you to break relationships that were assigned to you by God. It will pull you out of circles that you were assigned to and need. It will cause you to burn bridges that you're going to need to cross later simply based upon offense. And Paul says, listen, grow up. 
operate in forgiveness so that you outsmart the enemy. So our mantra, I'm going to give you a mantra all month long. You're going to hear this mantra as we talk. Here it is. No offense taken. It's not that I didn't have the opportunity because, dude, what you said, I could be offended by that. See, some of y'all must not have been over on Facebook all week long. What, what you did gives me, the offense, gives me the opportunity to take offense. But here's my stance. No offense taken. I can see it there, but that don't mean I have to play. I can see the trap laid out for me, but that doesn't mean I have to be stupid enough to walk into it. So no offense taken. Talk to me mean if you want to. Look at me wrong if you want to. Treat me like you should not treat me. But, I, I, but, I, but I'm okay because just because the offense there doesn't mean I have to step into it. No offense taken. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, no offense taken. No offense taken. The Washington Post recently did a, a survey in April of 2019. Okay, so this is like current. 81% of Americans said this. We are too easily offended. In other words, we too easy. We fall for the same stinking tricks over and over and over again. And we are so easily offended that we live life and we're operating in bondage. I, I just need to ask somebody in the room before I move to my third point and get out of your way. Can I just ask you, have you, have you felt like, have, Julie and I have had discussions about this. Do you feel more mad than you've ever felt in your life? I mean, we sat around and talked about this not too long ago. Why are we, why are we mad? Did they do something stupid? Yes. But they don't, that shouldn't dictate whether I lose my joy and my peace. Listen, I got reason to be offended. I, I, okay, we're going to list them. I'm going to list all the reasons I should be offended. I got, I got the mic. I've had five weeks to think about it. No, really, I'm going to list my reasons to be offended, all right? You get to list yours later. I got, I got reason to be offended. I got reason because uh, I got uh, friends that didn't friend the way I wanted them to. I got church folks that hadn't church like I want them to. I got leaders that don't lead like I want them to. Okay, I, I, I got family. They don't family like I want them to. Y'all don't have any black sheep in your family? I got, all right, I, maybe if you don't, that may mean that it's you. Uh, so now you're really offended. I, 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 got, I got friends on Facebook that don't, that don't post. Uh, I wish they'd quit posting some of the junk they post. I have reasons I could be offended. But just because there's a trap there doesn't mean I have to allow myself to be trapped. Not my circus. Not my monkeys. Just because they throw a circus doesn't mean I have to go there. Some of us are trading all these promises of abundant life and we fought years for peace and fought years for joy. and We come out of depression and we come out of addiction and we come out of heartache and all of a sudden, just because there's one trap, we step in it and boom, it closes on us and we give it all up. No, 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 no offense taken. It's time to move on. So why, why the increase? Why is it like we're so mad all the time? I've got the answer. Are you ready? Here it is. Offense will increase as time decreases. I want to show you what I'm talking about. 
There's a reason we're mad. It's not the people. It's the end. Listen to what Paul tells Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 3, beginning in verse 1. He says this. Listen, listen carefully about what it's going to be like in the last days and see if this doesn't ring true. Here's why we're mad. Here's why we have the opportunity to be mad all the time. Right? You may as well know this too, Timothy, that in the last days, it is going to be very difficult to be a Christian. Aren't y'all glad I waited uh, five weeks to come and encourage you with the word of the Lord? It's, he says it's going to be very difficult. Here's why. He says, for people will love only themselves and their money. They will be proud and boastful. They will sneer at God. They will be disobedient to their parents, ungrateful to them, and thoroughly bad. They will be hard-headed and never give in to others. They will be constant liars and troublemakers and they will think nothing of immorality. They will be rough and cruel and they will sneer at those who try to be good. They will betray their friends. They will be hot-headed. They will be puffed up with pride. And they will prefer good times to worshiping God. Hang on, it gets better. They will go to church. But they won't really believe anything they hear. Don't be taken in by people like that. May I submit to you this morning that the reason that we have the opportunity and it seems like the level of offense is increasing all around us is because, according to Paul, this is a sign of the last days. Listen to what he says. Just, just, uh, listen to how he des describes the people in the last days. He says, people only love themselves. They will only like their own opinions. Sound like today? They will only like their own ideas. They will be hard-headed. They will never give in to others. They will be constant liars. They will be betrayers. And believe it or not, you will even bump into those people at church. Come on. In the last days. And so this morning, the encouragement I wanted you to get is this, is that when we see a rise in offense, like we're seeing right now, all you got to do is turn the TV on and you see everybody's offended at everybody. And we can play into that and be trapped by that, or we can understand what time it is. And we don't allow that to distract us. And we don't get our attention on attitude. And we don't lose six months of our life to fretting over things that don't matter. And we don't focus on, 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 on fury and rage and revenge. And instead, what we focus our time is, our, our, and our, our energy on is this. Jesus is about to come back. Come on. We get our eyes off of the offense around us and the people that are trying to trap us by the, the, what they say and what they do. And instead, when we see the level of offense go up, we go, then that must mean that Jesus is about to part the eastern skies. So I got to get my eyes off of what doesn't matter. And I got to focus my attention on him. And I got to try harder to win the people around me because time is diminishing. And the enemy will try to use offense to keep me from focusing on the people that are lost. So don't go around mad and allow that anger to cause you to not pay attention to what really matters. Do what Jesus said to do. Dust your feet off. If you don't find a man of peace, dust your feet off. Get your eyes back on the one that sent you. 
and recognize that he wants to use you and position you to touch people around you, but you cannot do it if you're offended. I, wanted, I almost wanted to show a hand this morning to, to, show, to have everybody that's mad raise their hands, but I was afraid it'd be the only time I've ever gotten a 100% response. Let me couch it and present it to you like this. Have you ever been around people that are mad all the time and, and you make the decision not to hang around them? We call them victims. They, they play the victim card. Everybody's out against me. Everybody hates me. Everybody's mad at me. Nobody likes me. Doom and despair and agony on me, right? They start on hee-haw. Uh, uh, they didn't have any luck, bad luck. They had no luck at all. And, and we, we depart because we don't want anything to do with them. May I submit to you this morning that if we're not careful and we don't recognize the time it is that the enemy will send offenses into our path and when we step into them and they trap us, nobody will want the Jesus we have because they will say, man, they're always mad. They're like, they're mad at, they're mad at the homosexuals. They're mad at the abortionists. They're mad, they're mad, they're mad at the politicians. They're, they're even mad at other Christians because they got a better car than them and a bigger, they're mad at everybody. Listen, there is a difference between righteous indignation and, and, and fleshly anger. Most of us are not righteously indignant. We're just mad. You mad, bro? Why are you so mad? Should we be mad at some of that stuff? Yes, if it hurts the heart of God. Yes, if it misrepresents him, which we will talk about. But the truth is, is that most of us are not mad because of that. We're just mad. Right. We're just in our feelings. Right. And then nobody wants what we have. Why, Why would anybody want what... So we got to grow up. I just want to challenge you. I just came back five weeks off just to ask, just to, just to challenge you. Grow up. No offense taken. Come on, tell your neighbor. No offense. You can try. You can try to offend me, but I won't allow you to offend me. I'll just, I, I, I don't have to come and spend all my time around you. I don't have to put myself at risk by trying to tiptoe through all your traps. But I'm not going to allow you to offend me to the point that I lose what Jesus has given me. So Father, this morning I pray that in Jesus' name you would help us to grow up. I pray that together as a body... And for each of us individually that we will recognize that uh, being offended is absolutely inevitable. If there's anybody in this room this morning or watching over the internet that made up their mind that they could leave, live life unaffected by offense, I pray that you would wipe that fallacy away in their mind right now. That's fantasy land. There's no way. And so I pray this morning that if our lack of recognition of what the enemy's trying to do is causing us to be trapped over and over again that you would wake us up. And we would recognize that offense will come. And we would prepare for it. And we position ourselves so that we would handle it correctly. Father, I pray over each and every one in this room this morning. There are folks in this room that are trapped by offense. Someone laid bait out, said something, did something, behaved in a manner, and I stepped in it, and now I'm trapped. And Father, I pray that you would speak to our hearts this morning and remind us that just because the trap isn't optional does not mean that we have to be trapped. Give us wisdom this morning, I pray. 
And Father, may we recognize that as the level of offense increases all around us, it is simply because time is diminishing and our attention must be on what really, really matters. The fact that somebody angers me, the, the fact that somebody plays the fool should not divert my attention off the fact that Jesus, you're coming and people are lost and going to hell and we have a shorter amount of time to reach them. Help us not to be so mad that we can't be effective. I pray in Jesus' name. Would you stand with me this morning? Every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around. If you're looking around, you'll offend me. I'll get over it. If you're here this morning, you say, Steve, I stepped in a trap. I wasn't wise enough. I didn't use discernment enough to recognize that it was a trick of the enemy. And now I find myself trapped simply because I'm offended. Someone said something, maybe inside this church, maybe outside the church, maybe in person, maybe on Facebook, online, and now I find myself totally and completely offended. And I sense that I can't hardly worship and I can't hardly pray and I'm struggling to feel close to God. If that's you this morning, would you do this? No one looking around except for me, so I know how to pray. If that's you, would you just raise your hand and pull it right back down? Say, that's me, yeah. I thought so. I didn't think I was the only one. I'm offended that some of you are lying right now. Because I know some of you have been offended. Father, I pray for those that were brave enough to raise their hands. To be honest enough to say, my feelings have been hurt. And Father, I pray for them because I know they're at danger. They're in a danger zone right now where that thing could derail them and deter them for months, years, decades of their life. And so this morning, Father, I pray that you would do what I cannot do. I pray that the voice would come and speak healing in that area right now. And we would recognize that offense for what it was. It was a trick. It was a scheme. It was a trap. And, and I fell for it. But now that I see it, my eyes are open. I recognize. And I won't stay offended anymore. So there's no offense taken. I, I, I took it. I, I did. I took it. It was like a, a, a big bag of weights. I picked it up. I didn't have to, but I did. But now, Father, I'm asking you. I give it to you. I lay it at your feet so that I can walk out of here and I can say, no, no offense taken. I left it all. And now I'm walking in freedom and victory. So, Father, I pray that you would accomplish that right now, right now, right now, right now, right now, right now. If you, if you raised your hand and said, I, I'm one of them, I just want you to take that. Let, let's all do this. Let's do this together because I know the rest of us probably need to do this as well. Would you just take your hand right now and I want you to put what it was that offended you in your hand. Now, if you're, if you're good at this, what you'll do is you'll picture the person like faces. In fact, some of you are going to have to use both hands. Seriously. 
And I just want you to put their picture right there. Did they do right? No. Should they have done better? Yes. Did they hurt me? Yes. But would you put their picture and their face right there in your hand? And now would you close your fist? Father, you see this representation. The hurtful things, the words, the actions, the behavior. They lied on us. They betrayed us. They walked away. They said things that cut deep. I had expectations of them that they did not fulfill. And I take all of this that they've done to me. And I refuse to walk out of here with it. Because I want to be able to operate with no offense taken. So Father, right now I take this and this is what I want you to do. I want you to take that handful of offense and I want you just to lay it down. And I lay it at your feet. And I submit it to you. And I know my real struggle is going to be here in just a moment. When pastor says amen, my tendency is going to be I'm going to want to reach down. I've carried it for so long. I want to reach down and pick it back up. But this morning, I pray that we would be able to vacate this building with no offense taken. And so, Father, in Jesus' name, I open my hand and I let anger and the need for revenge and all the schemes I've come up with in my own mind of things I could say or do and all my retaliation all my paranoia because I know they got to be talking about me from that day forward so everything they say is certainly about me and I lay it at your feet come on somebody's getting free this morning I lay that all at your feet and instead I exchange it for the joy and the peace and the abundance and the freedom that you've given me that I lost due to this offense, I lay it down at your feet and I, there's no offense taken. I have no permission to pick that thing back up. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. And I trust you not only with my healing and not only with my salvation, but I trust you to be my defender and my protector so I can live life free of offense and, and trust you to settle accounts and to step in and defend my name. I pray that you would do this for every one of us this morning and we would walk out of this place free. Free. No offense taken, Jesus. It's yours. We leave it with you. We ask you to accomplish this in every life represented here in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Would you do this? Turn to your neighbor and say, you can't offend me. You, you, you can't offend me. You can't offend me, man. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. 
Remember, you can't live without passion.